Okay, good morning, guys. We're uh, starting the second parak. So yesterday we uh, we read we learned the Mishnah, but we'll pick up from where we left off. That we you know again just to summarize, we pointed out that uh, in the Mishnah we said that the Beitin has to recognize the witnesses who come, and if you're if a witness is coming who is someone the Beitin does not recognize, we'd send someone along with him to testify on their behalf, and this is all because of the Baitusim. Um, who would try to uh, ruin the plans of the Chachamim. We'll see a story today about that. Because the Gemara says, my echa acher. It says, we send someone acher, someone other, with him. So what does acher indicate? The Gemara says, chad. It means one person seems to indicate. Turn the page to cut him a bit. Gemara says, well, v'chad mi mehemen. But is one person really believed? Meaning we understand that we... Uh, Normally, we want to have uh, more than one witness. We had Tanya, but we learned in the bride, there's a case where someone came and his witnesses, right? Not Edo, singular, but Edav, plural, came with him. So we see the bride is indicating that this uh, messenger, excuse me, this uh, witness came along with two supporting witnesses. Rapapa, my Acher, so Rapapa says no. So what does Acher mean? Zug Acher means another pair of witnesses. This actually makes sense as well. Because if you don't say this, when it says in the Mishnah, if they don't recognize him, Oto, uh, so my Oto, so what does actually Oto mean? Again, I'll try to this him, but we'll see in a second. What does that mean if they don't recognize him? If you say that Oto means him, singular, is one person really believed to be a witness uh, for the testimony of the new moon. It says in the Pasuk and Tehillim, Mishpat, uh, that it's a judgment. What's a judgment? Rashi points out, Mishpat uh, is the Pasuk, Kichok Yisrael, Mishpat Yaakov, that this Pasuk, which refers to the seeing of the new moon, is a Mishpat. And we know that Mishpat, judgment, has to always be done with two witnesses. So even though we saw some exceptions to the laws of Edut HaChodesh, fundamentally it's a Mishpat, and that would require two witnesses. So that's what the, the individual, the person coming, or the Oto coming to, to Beitid to testify, that has to be a pair of witnesses. So if that's it must be, again, Elamai um, Oto. Uh, so what's Oto must be? Oto Hazug. It must be that pair of witnesses were coming from from uh, far away that the, that the Beitid doesn't recognize. And if that's the case, Hachinami, so too, Mai Acher, Zug Acher. That the, the other who's coming, must be another pair. So instead of having, so again, if our image uh, would be of one person coming with another accompanying person, now our image should be of two people coming with two accompanying people. The Gemara says, well, is that really true? There's really one person not believed. We had Tanya, but we learned it in Brighton. Um, there's a case of Rabbi Nehorai, Shahalachi Tzel Ha'id, excuse me, Tzel Ha'id, Lahaid Allah Bishabbat Be'usha. Rabbi Nehorai went with a, accompanied a witness to testify about him on Shabbat in the city of Usha. So again, that sounds like it's only one person accompanying one person. So Amir Rabbi Nehorai, Sada Acherina Havabadeh. They said, no, in the case of Rabbi Nehorai, there was another witness with him. Okay, so really it wasn't him coming alone to testify about this witness. It was him with somebody else. And the fact that they didn't uh, uh, you know, consider this person in the story, I mean, they didn't mention this person's existence, because in the, in the, in the particular story, Rabbi Noharai is the star, so to speak. Like he's the, the, the big rabbi who's coming along. 
and it's not as relevant to mention the second person, but obviously there had to be a second person. That's the first answer to Gemara. Is Rav Ashi Amar? Rav Ashi has a different explanation. He says, "No, Rabbi Nehorai sada achrin nehava beusha." That it is true that Rabbi Nehorai came alone. But he didn't come alone as the sole testifier or you know uh, corroborating witness for this witness. Rather, there was another witness uh, in Usha who knew this particular witness. But also, Rabbi Nehorai, the Yitzharufei Bahadeh, Rabbi Nehorai went to partner up with that person. Okay, so if that's the case, the Gemara says, my lamemris. And then what's the point? I mean, what, what are you coming to say? Like, what's the point of this brayta then? Like, what's the big chiddush? Right? Meaning, like, okay, so you're telling me a story that somebody comes along to corroborate the witness. Well, if there's going to be two of them anyways, either way that we're telling the story, there's two people going, or there's uh, he's meeting up with somebody. We're not learning anything new. So, what would you have thought? Maybe you would say, out of the suffix, bishnevi mechalal shabbat. And Rashi says, Maybe that witness that Rabbi Nehorai wanted to join up with wouldn't, uh, wasn't going to be at home. So Kamashwanah comes to teach us that, in fact, you can be Mechalel Shabbat, even though he, there wasn't 100% certainty that that person would, in fact, be there. Okay. Moving along. When Ula came from Eretz Yisrael, he said they were Mechadesh, the moon in the west, in Eretz Yisrael. Amar Avkahana, so again, the point is, you see that Ula seems to be testifying alone. He says, oh, you don't have to worry about um, Ula, because he's a great person, so he's believed. Okay? I mean, that, that's obvious, okay? That's what he's saying. But he wants to say, but it's even true that even another person, like a, a regular person, you know, uh, uh, who's not so, you know, not so well-known, he'd also be believed. Meaning, so Ula is telling us, or Rav Khan is telling us that the story of Ula is indicating that you only really would need one witness to testify about this. Now, again, this, isn't, this is a little bit different because this is not telling us that you need one witness to um, testify about the new moon. Rather, it's one witness telling us Yossi that. Brander. Rather, it's telling us that there is one witness who is reporting about the Beitin who established Rosh Chodesh. So that is the difference. So he says, in this case, it's not just Ula, but anyone we believe. My time was the reason. Anything that can, be, any matter that can be revealed or will ultimately be revealed, people don't lie about them. That's the principle. Okay, Tanya Lami Hachi, we have a bright that supports this. Ba Acher, Misof, should say, Misof HaOlam. If a person came from the end of the world, Vyamar Kichu Beit in the Chodesh, Neman. It says the Beit in was Makadesh the Chodesh, they declared the new moon, so he's believed. So, again, the point there is that not in the physical testimony, the technical testimony about the seeing of the new moon, that would have to be done by two people, but the reporting that the Beit in did, in fact, uh, declare the new month on a certain day. T- on a certain day, that is something that could be reported even by one person, and that makes sense because because it's milta David Lagluye, so it's really it's not something that someone would lie about because it'll be you no, know, they'll be find out. Okay, the Mishnah then continues and said, "Barishona hayu mekabim edut hachodesh mikol adam vechule." They would accept the testimony from anybody, and then they had this requirement to uh, figure out who this person is to get corroboration that this person is a, a valid witness, um, because they started by Tusim. So we'll see what we know. Tanu Rabbanan, we learned uh, Rabbi Stalas. Ma kilkul kilkulua by Tusim. What is the uh, kilkul, like the ruining, 
or the trouble that the Baitusim tried to set up here. So Pamachad, one time Bikshu Baitusim the Baitusim wanted to trick the Chachamim. And Rashi points out the issue they wanted to trick them about was as follows. And there's a famous machloket about when, when it comes to counting the Omer, the Pasuk says, Mimocharat Shabbat. From the day after Shabbat, you start counting the uh, the 49 days of the Omer leading up to Shavuot. And the question is, what is the definition of the word Shabbat? So the Purushim, meaning the, the Chazal, they understood the Shabbat, they're meant to Yom Tov. So Mimocharat Shabbat is the day after Yom Tov, and that's in fact, what we do, we start counting from the night of the 16th of Nisan, the day after the first day of Yom Tov. The first day of Yom Tov of Pesach is the 15th. So we start counting then. The Baitusim and the people who are a little more literalist, they understood the word Shabbat, literally, as Shabbat Breshit, as the, as the, the seventh day of the week. And therefore, the, you start counting in Motsa'i Shabbat, and it turns out, according to them, that you always would end up having the uh, uh, Shavuot fall out on a Sunday. You do the calculation, seven weeks, seven weeks always starting on a, on a Saturday night, ending on a Saturday, on a Shabbat. Uh, so then the following day would be, um, would be Shavuot. So that's what the Baitusim uh, wanted to do. So they wanted to trick the Chachamim into making this happen, Maybe even within the system, because I guess they didn't, the Baitusim didn't control the system, so they had to sort of work within the Chachamim, so they wanted to make sure it worked out for like them. So so they hired two people, but there's one of ours, meaning one of our uh, Prussian people, and one of theirs, one of the Baitusim people. So theirs gave, their person gave the testimony and walked out of Beitin. When it came to our guy, um, again, they hired our guy. Amrilo and more Kesagra Ita Talabana. They said, okay, tell us what, how you saw the moon. Amrilam, he said, uh, I saw it. I was going up on Malayal Dumim. Uh, right, this um, you know, this hill, this mountain. And I saw the moon. It's, uh, it was crouched between two uh, large stones. Its head was like a um, like a calf. Its ears were like a kid. Its horns were like a deer. And its tail was between its legs. Um, again. Descriptions of, I guess, how different parts of the moon and how they, how, how he saw it and what it looked like, and they would have, I guess, uh, they would have a sense of like what, how, how the moon should be looking. And I, and I sort of looked at this guy. Excuse uh, no, sorry. He's saying, and he's saying, and I looked at the moon. I, I got startled because I guess I looked at this weird beast. And I fell backwards. And he says, "If you don't believe me." How my time zoos serenely bestinina. I actually have two hundred zoos uh, wrapped up in this uh, sardine in this cloth. So uh, meaning that he's indicating that he is being bribed. So Amrlo mis kikachal lekach. So he said, "They said who forced you to do this? Like who forced you to give this testimony?" Amrlahem shemati she bikshu by tusim hatot el chachamim. He says, "Look, I heard the rumors that by tusim were trying to trick the chachamim." Amarti, so I said to myself, "Eleichani." So I'll go to them. So they say, I'll act as a double agent. So I went to them and I said, look, I'll come and I'll tell the Chachamim, I'll inform the Chachamim, lest somebody else come along who's not Mahugan, who's not a good person, and, uh, and they would trick the Chachamim. So I'm real so the Chachamim said to this person, you can keep your 200 Zuz, um, because uh, you earned it, essentially. And uh, Rashi points out, well, it seems a little tricky. How can they give him the two and Jesus? He didn't do what he was supposed to do because he didn't actually trick the Chachamim. Rashi points out, Hefkar, Beitin, Hefkar. The, the Beitin can, you know, uh, give out fines. And this would be like sort of the fine that they would impose on the people who hire them. That, that's a terrible thing to do. And therefore, this guy can keep the money. And the person who hired you, Yimatech uh, al will should be stretched on the pole, meaning he was going to get some lashes for that. So for that, 
at that moment, or at that time, they instituted, the Chachamim instituted that they would only accept testimony from people they knew rather than from strangers who uh, weren't sure of their origins or their intentions. Okay, so that's the famous story about the Baitisim. The Mishnah now continues, a new Mishnah, this is also a somewhat famous uh, Mishnah, and originally they used to, uh, be, uh, they would light uh, bonfires. When the Kutim, the Samaritans, uh, when they became uh, Mikulkal, I mean, they're also sort of uh, ruined in the sense that they're trying to fight against the Prushim, the Pharisees, right, the Chazal. So, so then they instituted that we should send out messengers instead of lighting the fires, because the fires would be unreliable. So how did they light the fires? They would bring these poles of cedar wood, arukim, these long ones, long poles, they kadim and reeds, and they would bring these, um, um, we say it's like pine wood, um, and they'd be on beaten flax. The korech be mishichan. They would uh, tie it up with a with a string. The person would go up to the top of a mountain. And he would light it up with fire. He'd wave this uh, this torch around uh, backwards and forward, uh, backwards and forwards, up and down. Until you see his fellow doing the same thing on the second mountain. Same in the third mountain. And where, where would they place these uh, these uh, fires? Mehara Mishcha, from Har uh, Mishcha means the uh, the mountain of uh, oil, but it means Har uh, team, right? The Mount of Olives. Mesartava to Sartava, Mesartava to Grufina, to Grufina, Mikrufina la Chavran, from Grufina to Chavran, from Chavran la Beit Baltin. They wouldn't move from there until they basically saw the whole Gola, all of Babel, or whatever, um, uh, start lighting up in fires. If anybody saw The Lord of the Rings, I don't remember which movie it was, but uh, there certainly is a scene where they're trying to uh, relay messages and they do it with this uh, mountain top uh, bonfires. And so that was the method. The method was great, but you can understand how if you're worried that people are going to try to trick you, so anyone can light, light fires, and if you're waiting for the fire, so then uh, it's not going to be such a good method. So at a certain point, they had to abandon that method, and they had to, uh, they had to switch to the messenger method. Kamar says, My mashma de misi'in lishna di kodhu. What's the, how do we know that the word masi'in is a language of fire, lighting of fires? The answer is diktiv, as it says, Vayisa'im David vanashav. David and his man, it sounds like Yisa'im means like picked him up. But it'd be translated as be akdinan David, David and lit it up. Okay, that's what we say there. Tana Rabbanan, the writer tells us, "Ein masiin masuot ella ala chodesh and erebis mano lekadasho." We can only actually light the fires for a month that is seen at the proper at the proper time to make it uh, kadosh. Okay, ve matay masiin, and when do we light it up? Laor iburo. The night of the Ibur, the day of Ibur is called, it's the, 30, it's the name for the 30th day of the month, because the 30th day of the month is the one that sort of is in, is in balance. It could go either way. It could be the 30th day of the previous month, or it could be the first day of the coming month. Uh, so they do it in Lor Ibur, the night before that 30th day. Rashi says here, Lor Ibur, in the last small line, Le'erev Yom Shloshim, the eve of the 30th day, Nag He Shloshim Echad. Uh, excuse me, the Aragam Shashim, the 30th day, going into the 31st day. Okay? Yom Shloshim Kariyol Yom Ibuur. He points out that the 30th day is called Yom Ibuur. So the idea is we're trying to show is that um, they, would light, they would light the fires on the, at the night after the 30th, 
basically declaring that the 30th day had been declared as the Rosh Hashanah. Right? They can't do it the night before because um, the Beitin can't meet the night before. The Beitin has to meet during the daytime, and you can't meet on the 29th. It's too early. So that's what they would do. So they would be lighting that way, and that would inform people that, in fact, the 30th day was the day declared as Rosh Hashanah, meaning that it was a month that was chaser. It was a 29-day month, and that's what everyone would be find out. So Gemara says, And that seems to indicate that we do this, the Masu'ot, for a month that is chaser, for a 29-day month, but for a Malay, for a complete month, meaning a 30-day month, we don't do it. So my time is, what's the reason we would do that? Why do we have the difference? So Amr Rabbi Zerah, Rabbi explains, The answer is, it's because of the case of a Rosh Chodesh that is chaser, a 29-day month, that fell out on Friday. Okay, because what would happen? Emat Avde, because when can they light the fires for the first time? Only Be'afuke Shabbat, only when the Shabbat goes out, right? That's Be'afuke Shabbat literally translates as Motza'i Shabbat, right? But like, Afuke is a good effect, like the Atzah, to go out. So Be'afuke Shabbat, so you can only light the fires on Motza'i Shabbat. It should be V here. V'i Amrat Na'avid Nami Amalei, and if we'd say that we'd also do this process for a Chodesh Malay, and Okay, atu lamite, they would come to make a mistake, uh, and Amri, they would say, hai chaserhu, um, that this one is a chaser month, v'hai de lo avid me'etmo mishum de lo afshar. And the reason we didn't do it yesterday is because it wasn't possible. Meaning the problem is that if the 30th day ended up being on Friday, right? Um, one second. Uh, that's on Friday, so we'd want to light the, can- the, the fires right away on Friday night. That's what we want to do in telling us that Friday is, in fact, the Rosh Chodesh day, not the 30th day of the previous month. But we can't light on Friday night because, obviously, it's Shabbat. So you'd wait till Mosei Shabbat. But then, Mosei Shabbat, we wouldn't know. Are we lighting Mosei Shabbat because the, the Shabbos day was the Rosh Chodesh, which is day 31, or because Friday was Rosh Chodesh, which is day 30? It would be unclear, and we wouldn't know which one was which. So, so therefore... Um, and so people might say, oh, so it'll be the, 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 the lights were late for Shabbat, and they just weren't able to, to light before. So, um, one second. So that's, that's, the, that's the concern. So we were saying there that we basically, because of this concern, the day that the, the, uh, the that can follow on Friday night, but that can lead to confusion because Mosei Shabbat, which is the day after the, the 31st day, so we don't really know what to do. So we have to sort of establish a clear, um, a clear system. Um, this issue was a little tricky, but we'll, we'll figure out more about this tomorrow, Mr. Shem. Just we'll, we'll kind of pause in the middle, not to go too far ahead. Okay, have a great day.